Well, hello, and welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I believe that each of you are created uniquely and for a purpose. And on this show, I talk with individuals that I believe are living out their God-given purpose right in the place where they are at. And my hope is that wherever life has you, whether you're in the workforce, raising young people or both, whether you're married or single, fullness or emptiness, whatever your particular circumstance is, I hope that in listening to these conversations that you will feel inspired to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. Be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And while you're there, if you'd be so kind as to leave a review or a comment, I would deeply appreciate that. In doing so, you help me spread the word about the podcast so that these inspiring stories are able to be shared with even more people. I want as many people as possible to hear what can happen when ordinary people live ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. I'm so excited to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering all of you listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. All you have to do to take advantage of this great deal is to head on over to audibletrial.com slash made for this. Audible offers over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, including an audio version of Justin and Patrick's book, I'll Push You, which we talked about on last week's episode. Today, I have the privilege of introducing you to my sweet friend, Heather Conley. We talk about her exciting life in ministry and church planting, and you will absolutely love hearing her share about how God grew their beautiful family. I know you will absolutely love our conversation. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Heather Conley. Well, hello. Welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm so happy you're here with me today. This is my friend Heather Conley. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, well, thank you so much, Julie, for just having me today. And so tomorrow I will be married to my husband Doug for 19 years oh my goodness happy anniversary (laughs) and you're here on the eve of your anniversary that's so nice we always celebrate so big (laughs) well with all your kids (laughs) so I am the mom to five kiddos and every time I say that I'm still like five that's a lot it's a whole basketball team yeah right no subs but we have the basketball court covered you know awesome (laughs) and what are their ages so trevor is going he's graduating this he graduated this year and he's headed to u of i and cassie and chris are my twins they're going to be sophomores this year oh my goodness they just bought their first car this week oh my gosh big stuff happening oh that's exciting big stuff yeah And then my Ruby is going to be in fifth grade this year. And our little surprise, Hadley, is four. So she'll be in preschool. So fun, which we will hear all about that (laughs) in a little bit. But that's so exciting. And so here I came in thinking that you were going to head right back into teaching. But you are not. You're going to take you're going to have one less hat to wear this year. So tell us about the hats that you currently wear and and how all that So this is actually my first year since I was five that I will not be going back to the classroom. And so, you know, I'm really excited about this. It's been a long time coming, and it was just time. And so I'm really excited. I've had this new opportunity to be the children's director here at Stonehill. Oh, that's so exciting. And so I'm excited to just have one part-time job. Right. Right. Because you have wife hat, mom hat, teacher yeah. hat, 
pastor's wife hat, and we'll hear a lot about all of those. But yeah, yeah I can see why you yeah. want to like, sort of streamline. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of excited to see the back to school stuff and just buy it for my kids. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I can't even imagine that shift of just heading yeah. back into what has been such a fall routine. And yeah, well, last year we launched Stonehill, and it was my first week back to school all oh, in the same week. My so. Goodness. This year, I get to take my son to college, which I wouldn't be able to do because I'd already be under contract if I was teaching this year. And oh so my goodness! I'm just really excited that I that I get to do that. Right? You know? Yeah. So wow, that's amazing. God's timing is so perfect. You I know? can't imagine trying to start school and launch a church. So let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. One of your hats is pastor's wife, and since you just brought up Stonehill, tell us a little bit about your journey into church ministry first, and then we'll use that to lead up to where you are now. Well, I really didn't grow up going to church. My family really started going to church when I was 16, and so I really had no idea what ministry looked like or what was expected of me. I didn't know that every worship pastor's wife played the piano because I did not. (laughs) I still do not. Oh, that's right, because we should say Doug started out right now as an associate pastor, or a head pastor, sorry. He's a lead lead Um, pastor at Stonehill, yeah. Lead pastor at Stonehill, but he started out in ministry as a worship leader. Yeah, so we started um, right after college. He was a worship pastor, and he also was a youth pastor. So we we were at a smaller church, and he did both, and... It was an amazing experience. Oh my I've goodness. just always loved having the opportunity to do ministry with my husband. And wow. we've just really grown and been able to just really use our skills and our gifts together. And it's it's been awesome. And so when you brought up the piano, did you actually end up having to try to figure that out? I uh, know. <laughs> I know my own giftings. I took one year of piano. It is not going to happen. Oh, that's hilarious. You're like, we're going to set a new paradigm shift here. Yeah. No, I do not fit any of the rules for pastor's wife. So why would I even try to oh, take piano lessons? So and Doug has heard me sing and there is no amount of voice lessons that will help me sing. <laughs> oh, maybe that's not true. That's so funny, though. That's hilarious. Um, okay, so uh, when you first met him, was he on path to be in ministry at that time? Did you know this was what you would be doing together, or did this some, something that evolved over well, time? I actually um, had already gone to a year of college, and I was really knew my plans of what I was going to do and had a great future ahead of me and all my plans and all of that was wrecked. I was in a car accident and I just felt like I was supposed to go to Bible college for a year. Oh my goodness. And so Doug and I met the first week of college Wow! Wow. (laughs) and he was kind of there. He's a PK, Uh so he grew up in, in ministry. Okay. And I think both of us were just there because we knew it was a good thing to do, right? Yeah. Go to Bible college right. for a year, you know? <laughs> um, and Doug was on scholarship. He was in a traveling singing group, and I was just there for one year. And then I was going back to Kansas State, and I was going to pursue my career, you know? Wow. And um, God just really wrecked me, and I just, everything that was important to me before that was no longer. Oh, that's and amazing. I had no idea what ministry looked like. 
but I wasn't afraid of it either. Okay, you know? so I'm so fascinated by this. So you're you didn't hardly enter the doors of a church until you're 16. Yeah. You're on path to go to a different university, and then what did that look like when you just had this impression to go to a Bible college? Well, like I said, I was in a car accident, and my first year of college was <laughs> it was crazy. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So <laughs> and I just knew I was in a sorority and. I just knew I could not, should not go back there. And it was awesome. You know, my parents were actually, I grew up in Oregon, just two hours from here. And there was a little town, a little, a guy came in and was just a little tiny church plant. And my whole family within six months came to know Christ. Oh, that's amazing. And so just our lives were radically changed. Wow. And I don't know what really happened that summer, but I just knew I was supposed to do something different, like go on a mission. Yeah. I didn't even really know what that was. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what Bible college was. But I just knew that I was supposed to do it for a year. Oh, my and goodness. That was really the beginning of my faith journey. Like, okay, God, I'm just going to open this door. And then if you show me, I'll keep opening doors. Wow. And so it was it was crazy. I grew up on a ranch, and my grandparents were so disappointed that I was not going to pursue my career in agriculture, a new car, the rest of my college was offered. And I just knew at that point that was not what I was supposed to do. Oh, my goodness. So you made a big, bold step yeah. right in the middle of that family so situation. I actually stayed at Bible college, and before coming back to the ranch, both of my parents were teachers. Okay. And so I just thought that seemed like something. I'd always thought about that, but it seemed like, oh, well, I can't just be a teacher. And I think God just really laid it on my heart to pursue education and so that's what I started doing yeah. after, like, second semester, I realized, I, I think I'm supposed to stay here. And so... Oh, my yeah. goodness. So you've met Doug right out of the gates. Yeah. You're on track to be a teacher, and he's on track to... Like, he always, he entered into Bible college to go be a worship leader? Well, I, I think he wasn't really sure. I mean, he was really gifted in music and made the traveling group, and so he did pursue that. But he was always, like, not all in with ministry. Yeah, like, okay. He also was getting a business degree oh, okay. while we were there and just just didn't want to be just like his parents, like, struggle with money. He'd seen the really hard parts of ministry and honestly tried to run from it. Okay, from as a, a PK. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I remember Michael and him talking about similar experiences growing up and yeah. as a PK. And yeah, yeah. It, you, you then you, you know all the behind-the-scenes yeah. of ministry at that point. You know all the great things, <laughs> yes. but all the really yeah. hard parts, too. Yeah, exactly, you know? right. Yeah. And so then through that college experience, he decided to do that, or did he enter the workforce as a, in the business sector? So he continued to take business classes and pursued that, and, and he did graduate, and we and went right into ministry. But there was actually a point where he left ministry and pursued a different career, and we went through a really devastating circumstance in our youth department. One of our teens actually committed suicide. Oh, gosh. And it was just so, like, it rocked our world. And how long ago was that? Well, we, it was our first year of ministry. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Maybe it was a year and a half into it. 
And so it just really rocked us. And Doug actually quit that job. We went back to the same church with less pay and Doug did all the same things. And that was really like the finalization. I am supposed to be in ministry. Wow. For him, for I, I knew that becoming an insurance adjuster was not his yeah. thing. <laughs> um, but we had to walk through that yeah. that door, you know. Wow. And but that really sealed the deal. Like, okay, this is what we're supposed to do. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So those first years of ministry, your teaching, uh-huh. were you involved? Kind of because you're a pastor's wife. So. Yeah. So our first experience was youth and worship, and so I loved being involved in youth ministry. And it's it's kind of funny looking back because I had the opportunity to really disciple girls and really be intentional about discipling them, but I was actually discipling myself, uh, you right. know. As yeah. I was teaching them, I was learning so much, wow. and... Those beginning years of our ministry were really hard, really hard. It was it was a tough situation that we were in, but we learned so much, and we saw, we um, just saw God show up in amazing ways. And honestly, it was such as I look back, it was just such a critical time for Doug and I to really grow together and work together and learn together and yeah. just like really be part of a God movement together. Yeah. And it sounds like to see God show up even in the most difficult circumstances and know that he'll pull you through. Yeah. And so now you've had this in recent, since I've met you, you've had this huge heart for church planting, which started with Rock Harbor. Right. So do you want to talk about how you decided to go from where you were Mm -hmm. into this brand new well, church faith. planting is really not my thing. Okay. It's Doug's thing. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> since the very beginning, since I've known Doug, really he's had heart to start something new. Wow. And he's always like reading or trying to, you know, he's always been intrigued by church planting. And I'm like, no, ministry's a stretch for yeah, me, yeah. Dave. Like <laughs> church planting. Well, let's like, not go crazy. <laughs> yeah, like an established church is so much like why would you want to start your own? Oh, you know? Wow. And so we were actually at the Willow Creek Summit and it was two thousand eleven and God just really spoke to me. And I just remember there was a break in the conference and Doug and I walked outside and I was just like I know you're supposed to do that. I know you're supposed to do this. He had drawn a plant, like the roots, on a clay pot they had given us. It was a visual. And I just felt like this overwhelming sense of peace, like, okay, this is what we're supposed to do, you know? And um, we didn't know what that looked like. But Doug and I were really unified on that. I love that. I love that God went straight to your heart, too, because that really is something you'd have to be on board with. Oh, I can't imagine. And we've seen ministry couples do things, plant churches, or make huge moves, and if you're not unified, it just doesn't, I don't think it works, you know? Yeah. Okay, so God speaks to you, and then, and he's already put that in Doug's heart along the way of ministry, so how did you end up taking that, that first yeah. leap to start a brand new church. Well, it was just awesome to, to plant Rock Harbor with our friends, the Harringtons. We just love them dearly. And 
God just moved in both of our lives so differently, but then to be able to do it together, I think that's the scariest part of church planning is being alone and doing it alone and nobody beside you co-laboring with the same mission. And that was just the beauty of it. And I think that's why God's timing is so perfect in all of this. Um, We walked through so many doors and it was really hard and I just feel like it was his perfect timing at at that, at at that opportunity. And to be able to do it together was amazing. All four of our gift sets are so different and we just had so much history and Doug and Keith, like they are, yeah, they, (laughs) they're crazy, but just the way that they can work together and their skill sets are so different, but so you know complimentary yeah, yeah they are and, and such so. a f- they're just so fun so oh, they fun, are yeah like, crazy they sense are. of humor and fun yeah. personality and yeah. um that's really that's really great yeah. and then you then through god's grace this church grew from you four <laughs> and if, and then a handful oh, of people we have a lot of kids we have a lot of kids too kids, both right? of us have a lot that's of kids true. and that's we added true. a couple in the process too <laughs> that's awesome so so that, I mean, we'll just condense that story down just to get to where you are now. But so God just poured out his favor on that church. And even though I'm sure there were rough seasons, he just kept yeah. expanding that ministry. And so where in the midst of that did you start feeling this tug again to 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 leave this place that you love and leave a working environment that you were happy in to go yeah. start something all brand new again with Stonehill? Yeah. Um, God is just so amazing how he just begins to just give you this stirring and fortunately for Doug and I it happened at about the same time Wow! and it was so private at first you know just so like the two of us thinking I actually was like I think we're supposed to foster Doug like I think we're supposed to do that ah. or maybe we're supposed to move like I just kept thinking like something's just, coming yeah I just remember <laughs> it was in January looking at Doug and just being like, I do not know what is going on. And he said, I don't either, you know, and just really, it really began with just the two of us and just God really burdening our hearts. And specifically for South Meridian, we've lived here since we moved here 13 years ago. And God just really began to burden our hearts for South Meridian. Okay, so who was the first that kind of came to be able to put your finger on it's it's church planning after all these things that you're trying to seek with a question well, mark? Well, Rock Harbor was really, the leadership was really at, like, Rock Harbor has grown so much, and uh-huh. so they were thinking multi-site or all those different yeah. different things. And so that was the same time that we Doug having, started having yeah. all these, you know, God really stirring in our heart, and so... Goodness. Yeah. That's so exciting. That's yeah. so exciting. And here you are. So that obviously was a, a long process, but tell us about Stonehill. And yeah. for anybody that might be listening that's looking for somewhere to yeah. plant themselves in the local area, yeah. tell us about what, what you love about your yeah. church. Well, it's just been so awesome to just be part of something new. Rock Harbor still feels so new, yeah. you know, yeah. but um, just be part of something new we actually I was in a meeting today planning our one year anniversary I can hardly believe it um, that it's been a year but it's just been so awesome to just see God show up in amazing 
ways throughout this past year and really build his church. For me personally, so I've taught at the school in our subdivision since it opened. Okay. So I've taught over over here south um, uh-huh. pretty much the entire time since we've been in Meridian. Okay. And just to be able to minister to families that I've known for years that are our neighbors or our kids have played oh, baseball so together. And so kids are walking in and they're seeing Mrs. Conley. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just teacher. been, it's just been so amazing how God kept my world specifically, not so much Doug's, but my world so small over here in South Meridian. And That's so great. how we've really been able to, to, further those relationships that began years ago. Yeah, and just that familiarity of people when they walk in the door to see you. And And there is just something about a church plant that gets people excited. You know, people will come to a grand opening of a church that would never otherwise step foot in a church. And there is really something about a new work and just the opportunity that it gives people that have maybe gone to church for a long time to serve in new ways yeah. and experience God in ways that they have never imagined. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just been really cool to see over the past year and just like at the beginning of Rock Harbor, like people step up to leadership yeah. and just grow so much and then experience God working in their own lives, but see it in other people. Yeah. Too. And so as you were you I'm sure that you wore lots of hats at the beginning, and then you've done women's ministry in the past, and like yeah. you said, you've done education outside of the church. So how did you land then in this new role for you of kids' ministry? Well, we were able to, from the beginning, hire three amazing children's coordinators. Oh, okay. And so I just knew that at the beginning of Rock Harbor, I was able to help start the children's ministry, but I just knew this time that I was not supposed to do that. I just felt very clear from the beginning that I was not supposed to do that. Okay. But in the meantime, they needed someone. They they all are brand new to ministry. They needed someone to kind of answer to, help right. them. Yeah. And, and so... I got to do that. And so that was really awesome for me. I love these ladies dearly. I tease them that Doug has to pay them to be my friend because we (laughs) meet every week or every other week. But I love them dearly. And just they are just doing such such an amazing job. So just to be able to partner with them. And honestly, this past school year was so difficult for me. And I've just been questioning the past few years, and God really just began to move in my life. But I was thinking, what would you have me do, God? You know, and long story short, our staff has grown a lot. We actually were able to hire several staff, but then an executive pastor in in January. And so we're so so glad to have... Oh, Dad, probably that relieved probably a lot of his responsibilities. Yes. Oh, that's so exciting. And so when that happened, we were just way understaffed in the area of children's because we okay. have a lot of kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> How many kids are Stone coming Hill. to your Stonehill program right now on average? Well, it just kind of depends on the yeah. Sunday, but there's over 200 kids. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it's, that's amazing. Yeah, in one so year. it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's so exciting. So when DJs came on, I was just able to... I went through every interview possible, everything yeah. possible, because it is a little tricky. Yeah. I am Doug's wife, yeah, yeah. you know. Right. And so um, there's a lot of 
safety and accountability in that but I'm really excited to be able to be children's director and really that's my heart is partnering with families and just helping children on their faith journey and trying to create an environment where kids can grow in Christ and it is safe and welcoming and where they it's the best hour of their week I love and so, that yeah oh my goodness that's so exciting that's so exciting 200 kids yeah <laughs> and you're not even at your one year official yeah. anniversary date yet oh that's so great so if people want to find you they can just go look online for Stonehill Church Meridian and it will pull up a website yeah and they can yes we actually were meeting at Victory Middle School okay and so oh my goodness yeah. okay so because we're taking this huge, I mean, that spans many years of mm-hmm. time between all these different journeys through ministry. The common thread that I keep hearing in these interviews is the yes. So what did those, like, how did you come to a place where you could really trust God with the yes? You felt like he was asking you to do something and you could know confidently that you could say yes, even if you didn't understand exactly how it would look. I think for me, it's always kind of a stirring, kind of a desire begins to grow in me. And I feel like I just pursue it, like really pray and seek God and just open doors. And I feel like if it's of God, the doors continue to open. And there's definitely a lot of feet to your faith and action steps. But I just feel like God always gives myself and my husband that desire to pursue you know and then you've seen what happens when you say yes and And I think a lot of it is like I look back to those first things of like maybe deciding to go to bible college and then staying for my second year and doing those things and I think a lot of times for Doug and I we have to remind each other of like oh let's go back and walk through this part of our faith journey and and I think that just strengthens your faith. I remember when God showed up. Oh, that's so great. You know? Yeah. So. Wow, that's exciting. And then you you mentioned that your very first sermon series was just happened to be called Made for This. Yes. Which I love. And I feel like we should just talk about that for a second since that's the title of the podcast. What was that for you guys at that time? Yeah. Well... It was, it's awesome. It's my favorite t-shirt ever. It's turquoise. I love it. <laughs> I might have to take a <laughs> look Made for at this. Those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was just so timely because it was just really like with our people, with our core group of people before our official lunch, just showing like people we're all on mission and yeah. Paul is you know, going going through like the qualifications and spiritual gifts and fanning into flames and how we can all be on mission. That's and so, so it was such a cool series to begin our church oh, with. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. To just yeah. say, all right, everybody here, everybody linking arms together to start this thing. And right. That's so right. exciting. And I just, it's so personal for me because I just think of all of our past experiences and the really hard times and the really good times and all that we've learned and we have not arrived. No, I'm not saying yeah, that yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I think like we were made for this. This is what we're created to do, to be on mission, to walk away from really good things that are so hard to walk away from. But God will bless that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So so what encouragement would you have for, maybe there's people out there listening right now that have that little tug, that little stirring of, I think there's something different out here. What, what advice would you have for them? 
I think a lot of times for me, it starts so personal. Okay. And I think it's just really like seeking God. I'm not really, it's, it's different for me, but I really think being in his word, I'm like, I just think that's so important and just really praying for him and looking for him to reveal himself in new ways, different ways and to just speak to you. And a lot of times it's been people specifically like my husband or my parents or just yeah. different friends in my life, you know? Yeah. Well, this is all so exciting, and I really do hope people go check out your, your website and to see who you are and what you're about, and um, you've got such a great staff. And let's shift gears for just a second and okay. talk about your sweet family. So you already <laughs> mentioned you have this basketball team living <laughs> under your roof, and so tell me how, tell us how, how they all came to be a part of your family. Yeah. Because that's a lot going on, too, in all this ministry life over the years. It is. Hey, everyone. We're going to get right back to my conversation with Heather. But I wanted to take a minute to again remind you of the incredible offer Audible has for all of you listeners of the Made for This podcast. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I would like to personally recommend that you go download your free copy of I'll Push You by Justin Skizik and Patrick Gray, which is also narrated by Justin and Patrick themselves. How fun is that? Their book is incredible and will have you laughing one minute and crying the next. It's the very best. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash made for this. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash made for this for your free audiobook. Thanks, everyone. And now we'll get right back to my conversation with Heather. So this is the really quick version. Yeah, so, right. Okay. Um, so Doug and I went through a lot of infertility early, well, about five years into our marriage. And we were just able, not able to have children. And so at the end of infertility, we really began to look into adoption. And both of us were so clueless. <laughs> We just had no idea what we were doing. And I just remember, like, writing to all these agencies, and they sent us all information, and we spread it out on our living room floor, and we just prayed that God would show us the right agency. Oh, my goodness. So we did. That's like Hezekiah when he just, like, laid his letter out before God (laughs) and said, all right, what are you going to do with this? (laughs) So great. I love that. And so we picked an agency. We lived in Ohio at the time, and we picked an agency that did domestic, international, public, private. They did it all because we didn't know what we were going to do. And so we still didn't know, and we had to go to this training. Um, It was like an hour and a half away, and it was really crazy. It was on the weekends, and we're in ministry, and I teach till five o'clock, you know, and so we went there. And we actually went to the headquarters instead of going to where we were supposed to be meeting. Well, Barbara Walters was at oh. the headquarters. Oh, my. So we were questioning if we had picked the right agency. <laughs> Clearly, we had if Barbara Walters is interviewing <laughs> the founder of it. That's amazing. And that's just how God shows up for oh Doug and I. And so we're gosh. like, okay, we picked the okay. right agency. This is the one. <laughs> and in the beginning, our plan was to adopt a baby. So basically, the birth mother picks you. Yeah. And God just really broke our hearts through the training and the process Mm. for siblings. And we knew that we wanted more than one child. And our hearts were just really broken for that. And so um, 
through a series of events, we started pursuing sibling adoption. Okay. And I was thinking, too, there was yeah. a point when my husband looked at a sibling group of five who would have five kids. <laughs> <laughs> they must be crazy people. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so that was a big process. And honestly, probably one of the hardest times in my life personally, way harder than infertility. There's just a lot of mountain mountaintops and valleys and it's like hurry up and wait 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 you know and I had never had a miscarriage but there was one circumstance where we were thought we were matched with two little girls and then it just was ripped out from underneath us and I really felt like at that point like oh my goodness this is what a miscarriage feels like well, this and on top of a lot of years of infertility, that had to have been a hard hit. It was just like I had and, changed jobs right. to be ready for them. And, oh, you know, gosh. as I look back, I'm, I still pray for those two little girls. But I'm so thankful. It was a pretty hard summer for me. I yeah. came back home to Oregon. And actually, when I got on the plane, I opened my laptop and I saw my three kids for the first time. Oh. <laughs> and they just weren't available yet. Right. And so... It was just such an awesome process. And I know that maybe some people are like this. I'm not this person, but I knew the minute I laid eyes on those kids that they were mine. And so, yeah. And so after a, a, a shorter process, we became the mom and dad to... Cassie, Chris, and Trevor. And so my twins, Cassie and Chris, were three and a half when we adopted them. And then our sweet Trev was six. And so... Oh, my goodness. So you just launched right into parenting. Oh, yeah. Zero to three, baby. Oh, my god! I will never forget our first trip to Target. Oh, for sure. So we had 20 days to prepare. What? Yes, 20. I mean, we we kind of knew, but you don't... After what had happened the first time, we didn't go buy anything. I remember our first $800 trip to Target. (laughs) That was pretty much just on booster seats, you know? Sure, everything. (laughs) My husband was like in shell shock, like, oh my gosh. Right. It's just gotten well, worse since then. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. That's amazing. And so it was just amazing. We we lived in Ohio at the time. And my kids, they were from Portland. So we went oh to Portland gosh, to pick them yeah. up. And I grew up in Oregon. Yeah, and so right. it's so awesome how God does that. And we actually went to Portland and then we actually got to take the kids to Baker where I grew up for seven days and so it was just amazing oh my goodness I can't even I'm just sitting here trying to wrap my head around twins three age three and then six and brand new and all of the things that come in and then Doug got mono like oh really bad mono not the kind where like I got it in high school and was like, yes, I get to skip school, you know? Oh, no. He was, like, flat on his back sick. Oh, I hear the older you get, the harder it hits. Oh, it was horrible. And so it's just awesome. I realized that the process of adoption is long because God is preparing you for the difficult days ahead and for really to know, like, yeah, I was called to be their mom. God picked oh, me yeah. for us out of a thousand people that put home studies on it, in oh, on my goodness. kids. I am supposed to be their mom oh. on really hard days as a single mom. And I think God did that on purpose because I did get a feel for what it is to be a single mom. Wow. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, That's so amazing. it was just so awesome. So we 
adopted the three, and we just thought, oh, yeah, life is good. Yeah, yeah. Three. Instant family. Yeah, yeah. yay, God. Well, five years later, their biological parents, who had never been married, who were 42, their mom was 42, had another child. And so we found out about our Ruby Ava when she was five months old. Wow. And we found out by accident. Oh. They, um, the state of Oregon did not let us know, and she had just been um, taken away. Okay. And they still did not tell us. Uh, one of our caseworkers that we had worked with let us know about Ruby. Wow. And Ruby is the longest process of my life. Wow. So we finally were able to adopt Ruby at two and a half. Oh, seven gosh. So you found out you said works. five months or five weeks? Five, five months. months she to was five months into old. two and a half. Wow. Yeah. So we feel so blessed that we were able to have Ruby join our family. Oh, that's and amazing. It was a really long process. Seven caseworkers. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so it was long. And so we're so thankful. So. That was four, and that was really big. (laughs) Really big. And Ruby was a really big adjustment for me because the twins, they just played together all the time. I mean, I would be like, oh, I should check on them. It's been three hours. You know, they just still are best of friends and just they're crazy. Like, they are crazy. And Ruby was a really big adjustment, but so awesome. Because how old were the twins then? Sorry, I'm not doing the math yeah. right. So live, they were eight. Oh, yeah. so yes. Yeah. That yeah. Is they, so they were in second yeah. grade. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. They're, that's way more independent than two and a half. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, and just goodness. the way that they had played yeah. to each other. So yeah. I was like, play mom all the time, yeah. you know. And so it was awesome. We were so thankful to have Ruby and just to be able to... I'll never forget the night that we showed um, Ruby's picture to our kids and told them after two years. Oh my gosh! Actually, it was really horrible. So we had waited all along, and then they had finally told us it was supposed to be in June, but it's finally the beginning of August. They told us okay, she's yours. We went through all this stuff. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, yeah. we're going to tell our kids tonight. We're yeah. going to go celebrate. So we had it all planned out. And I knew that when my daughter Cassie saw Ruby's picture, she was going to notice the first thing. First of all, that Ruby looked exactly like her. Oh. But second of all, she got, had her ears pierced. Oh. So I knew that oh, we were no. going to go celebrate Brit big at Red Robin, uh-huh. clearly, because yeah. that's where all big exactly. family celebrations, right. I mean, we go big. Oh, I mean, hilarious. all the fries you can eat yeah, for the win, I right? Mean, yeah, of course, what yeah. could be better, yeah. But I knew that we would make a stop at Claire's to get uh-huh. Cassie's ears pierced, Yeah, because the little sister cannot right. have ears pierced. <laughs> no, yeah, obviously not. Oh. So we got Cassie's ear, ears pierced and just had the, the sweetest night. It was so just amazing and just to be able to say she's your sister by adoption but you're full blood and just to think like four siblings together and incredible um, it was awesome well the next day they called us and they had not been honest with the foster mom and she wanted ruby too and so she had found a little loophole and so it was actually three more weeks and those three weeks were so hard because oh, at that man. point, our kids knew. Yeah. And it was just really hard. But in the end, we did get Ruby. And wow. three weeks later, we went to Portland and got her. And wow. 
it was really hard, but honestly, we knew that Ruby was supposed to be part of our family. Yeah. For sure. Oh, I can't so. imagine all the emotions. Maybe we'll have to have you back and just do an adoption. In fact, I have so many friends that have adopted. It might be interesting to do a round robin discussion sometime on the podcast yeah. just about. Yeah. Oh my goodness, all of the emotion that comes. Well, and everybody's experience is so yeah. different. Yeah. So different. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So there you are at four. So we're at four and we are really <laughs> done. We had to buy a new car. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So we're done. Oh my goodness. I mean, we could like float the river. We were at oh, that yeah. age where there was so much independence yeah. and now we're to four and yeah. So, but we're an even number now, so it's good. <laughs> so tell us about Sweet Hadley. Yeah. So then the same year that we planted Rock Harbor. Uh-huh. Of course. All the big events. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we just were growing a church, not a baby. Oh, and my gosh. It was a really rough summer for me. Like, really rough. Like, okay. I remember a lot of barbecues puking in bushes oh, and thinking, no. what is going I on? guess I'm just really stressed out oh. and really busy. I don't even know what's going on. Well, right, because this is not on your radar. Oh, because I all. was told at 15 that it would be really difficult or impossible for me to have children. And so that was obviously a conversation yeah. that Doug and I had when before we got really serious. Gosh, that's um, tough news at 15. Wow. Well, it wasn't really that hard because you don't really think. You're yeah. just living for the moment, yeah. you know? And and so it was just a hard summer. And I remember going back to school and just being exhausted. And my legs are swelling every day. Oh, and I'm just word. thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm getting so old. I went to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. And they did not catch it either. What? Because oh, of my history. Yeah. Like, I was told that. I went through menopause at 30, oh. and so it just wasn't even a possibility, and so they didn't even check me for that. Oh, my god! And um, it was just so devastating to me, because clearly there's something wrong with <laughs> yeah. me. Can you just find it? Exactly. And I honestly thought, at that point, after going to the doctor, like, I was dying of liver cancer, oh. because I had all the same, like side effects that my grandmother had I mean I was swelling I mean just everything I was just like I don't know what to do you know and my tummy's just getting bigger and I'm thinking (laughs) oh my gosh I'm getting so fat oh no yeah it was just so funny my husband thought I had a tumor on the other hand yeah (laughs) oh my gosh so So how long until you finally figured this out well I found out when I was six months pregnant Oh, my gosh. Oh, my word. You told me that story. I forgot it was six months. Yeah, it was six months. So That's amazing. And yeah. so what finally? I mean, at, so, well, at some point. So we had gone to Lake Tahoe um, that October just to get away, quick get away with our family. And it just felt so weird. I had these weird fluttering yeah. things every day at 4 a.m. And I just thought, oh. this is so weird. And I just kind of was like, whatever. And all of a sudden on that trip, all of my shirts were so tight, like so tight. <laughs> my favorite zip-up hoodie, I couldn't even zip it. Oh, my And my gosh. pants are falling off. I had lost so much weight. Oh, my and, goodness. And um, anyway, I guess I came back from working out one morning, and I had like a tank top on and it was really tight probably really tight and Doug looked at me (laughs) and he about died but he didn't say anything right because that's a landmine (laughs) yeah because what are you going to say wow babe 
Wow. So I really, up until oh. that point, I wore a jean jacket and I went and found these shirts at the Gap that were seven ninety nine and they like kind of worked. And I wore a scarf every day, a gut hider, oh, I called it. And I just thought that was my life now. Like oh, I just hilarious. have a big stomach. <laughs> I did not know. So we're uh, on that trip and we get back and we buy a new house. Oh. And so it's going to fit our family of four better. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Ruby's five now. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're going to go buy a new table for a new house. Yeah. And so we'd been back from Tahoe for a week, and we're driving to get the new table. And I'm like, I don't even know what's going on, Doug. I don't even know. I feel like we should just stop and buy a pregnancy test. Oh. And he's like, what? Yeah. And so, like, every infertility girl does. We're driving by a dollar store, and I'm like, stop the car now. (laughs) And I run in and buy, like, four. Yeah. And we get to Cost Plus, and... Oh, you right there. Oh, well, I was like, I don't know. I was just sitting in the parking lot. I'm like, why wait until we go home? (laughs) So I went in. And I have never done this before, honestly, (laughs) that I remember. But I Doug went to look for tables with Ruby. And I just went straight back to the bathroom, and I waited forever for the women's bathroom to be yeah. open. Well, why not just go in the men's? So I went right oh in. It was gosh. a one stall, right? Yeah. So I locked the door. Yeah. And I just went in there, and I just, yeah, I did that pregnancy test, and it was right positive. There. And I was like, plus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, you know, it could lie, because I am on, I've been yeah. on hormone replacement yeah. therapy for years. So I threw it away and oh, do I another one. Well, the second one I decided to call Doug. Hey, I'm in the women. I'm not in the women's bathroom. I'm in the men's. Could you come back here because it's positive? Oh my god! <laughs> and so that was just such a crazy process. It was like Friday at three thirty, and so my doctor's office is closing, and they're asking me all these questions, and they can't get me in until Tuesday. And Doug and I are supposed to go on a trip the next day, and I am like dying to know. Oh, you know what I mean? Right. Like dying. Yeah. And they're, like, asking me all these questions. They're like, oh, there's not a doubt in our mind. You're pregnant. I mean. That's amazing. I've had all the signs. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, anyway. And so they had actually told you at 30 you had already gone through menopause. Yeah. And oh so. my gosh. I had. I have all the test results. Hadley is seriously a miracle. For sure. Yeah. So. And it's just so awesome, Julie, how good God is. God protected me so much through infertility like so much I threw I'm a pastor's wife I threw and went to a million baby showers yeah you know yeah and God just protected Doug and I so much and I mean I've struggled with a lot of things in my life but I can honestly tell you like I was never jealous or had to leave or I always felt bad for people like I felt bad for other people to have to be around me Uh, on Mother's Day not because I wasn't okay but I didn't want them to feel awkward I was so fine I had the best mom in the world like you know and God just really protected me but then to be able to experience those three months three months yeah, of yeah, pregnancy three months. Oh my gosh. <laughs> during those three months it was like we moved it was oh. Doug's birthday my birthday Christmas Thanksgiving Ruby's birthday it was crazy yeah oh and goodness. so it was just so awesome but just to be able to experience something that honestly I hadn't prayed for yeah. in like nine years yeah 
And it was just so cool to be able to experience that and let my kids and my husband experience that. I mean, Doug is seriously the best dad in the world. And just to be able to experience that together and the birthing process and all of that and to have a baby because Ruby was our youngest and so she was two and a half. Oh my gosh. I will never forget my first trip into Baby's R.S. <laughs> I just thought, oh, yeah, I'll walk in there and yeah. I'll get some stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another I went in there and was like, trip. oh, no. I looked around. I was like, I don't even know what this stuff is. Oh, that's so funny. So I walked out with more stretch mark cream and called it a day. <laughs> that's hilarious. He's like, I'm out. I just got nothing. Yeah. And so all my oh, friends so saved my life. They threw me the best showers and oh, took me shopping, and it was awesome. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. four kids, and you still hadn't ever done the zero to two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a whole different world, Oh, it's too, a huh? whole different world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And how was that for your four welcoming in, Oh, sweet my Abby? gosh. They just, they were so excited from the very beginning, and... God just had his hand all over that, yeah. you know, because we had thought going from three to four would be yeah. a big adjustment, and they just fell head over heels in love with Ruby, yeah. and just the pregnancy was so exciting, and they just, it was just so good. There was one day, Julie, and I think this is why God did this, there was one day where I just remember thinking, God, it going to feel different about Hadley is this going to be different for me like is it going to be different to have a baby from my belly yeah or from my heart yeah and I just wondered like I don't want it to be different like I don't even know if I have room in my heart for one more you know like I love my whole life is my kids of course yeah and that day I just God just gave me a piece about Heather, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I got this. I got this. And honestly, those three months were so crazy (laughs) that I didn't have another minute to worry about it. And I remember after a long labor and when Hadley was finally born and they put her up on my chest and it was the exact same feeling I felt that first time when I met Cassie and Chris and Trevor. That exact same feeling. Yeah. And it was the exact same feeling when I met Ruby for the first time. Wow. The exact same feeling. I was in a hospital. Yeah. And I might have had some drugs. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in my heart, I just knew it was going to be okay. Wow. I knew that God was going to take care of it. And he has. He made room in my heart for Hadley. And at that same moment, my Trevor and my Ruby were banging on the hospital door like, can we meet her yet? Can we meet her again? No, you got to give mommy about five. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. So Hadley has just been such a gift to our family. What's funny is that Doug and I, I mean, we never were like, sad or disappointed yeah but there were always these times I I remember back thinking like I wonder what our baby if we had a baby what would it look like oh right you know yeah because our four oldest kids are seriously the cutest kids ever yeah oh you're I mean they are beautiful kids and I'm a teacher so I see a lot of kids and I can say that because they don't look anything (laughs) like me so they are all brunettes yeah and just petite and just gorgeous kids and 
Oh, Hadley. <laughs> She's a redhead. <laughs> and oh. she is five pounds less than her 10-year-old sister. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Oh. So, yeah. And a firecracker, huh? Oh, like she Like Spitfire is, personality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have no shortage of personality in our uh-huh. house. Yeah. At all. <laughs> None. They are all different personalities, but yeah. they are all very bold. Oh, that's amazing. That is so exciting. I love that. I can't believe that after you had been told. And, and then you really went through what you thought was physically the end of yeah. even thinking about having yeah. a biological But I didn't child. even have a minute to think about that because yeah. I had four kids I was yeah, raising, you know. Right. exactly. But then to be yeah. six months into your pregnancy before yeah. it finally. <laughs> I know. It was so crazy. Oh, that is so sweet. I mean, we just wonder what God has for each of them and, and then yeah. for a little miracle Hadley. I just see how they were made for this. Our kids were made for ministry. Yeah. That is just the awesome part about Stone Hills. I knew that we were planting Stone Hill for the people that needed to hear about Jesus yeah. and be part of a church yeah. here on the south side. Yeah. Um, and I also knew that we were starting Stone Hill for the people that were going to start it oh, and be wow. on mission, that they were made for this. And I knew that my family would be part of it, but we all loved Rock Harbor dearly. Yeah. And dearly. And just what God has done in my kids' lives in the past year. My Trev is on the leadership team for youth group. Oh, that's and he best. plays worship in youth and in big church. So that's That's my favorite is when he um, plays the bass in big church. And then he also serves in middle school ministry. And um, my Chris is a small group leader in the elementary classroom. He was an amazing camp counselor. He has saved my bacon so many times in the elementary room, just done such a good job. And my Cassie girl, she serves in pre-K and K and oh. just does an amazing job. Yeah. Even with Hadley in there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know how sister, siblings yeah, are. Yeah. She just does such a good job. Yeah. And Ruby's now 10. So she actually serves one service in the nursery. And oh, then she goodness. attends the elementary yeah. service. And Hadley makes friends with all the kids, oh, that's both services. Starting. That's her job is to make so friends cute. in the pre-K and oh, K classroom. Oh, I can classroom. totally see that, just what little I know of her. That's so amazing, so outgoing. So oh, they are darling. all on mission, and I just look at their little personalities, and I really don't know what God has for them. But ministry is such a big part of all of their lives, you know. Wow. Well, because so, they've seen you fall head over heels in love with serving in that way, and yeah, you invited and them in. and Yeah, and I mean, I grew up on a ranch, and so... We just did everything together. Yeah. Like, that's what we did. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's bad parenting or good parenting, but that's what my kids do, yeah. you know? Yeah. We're going to go make a quick hospital visit, and then yeah. we'll go out to dinner, yeah, you know? like exactly. It's um, just life, yeah. And they love ministry, and, I mean, we have our struggles, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're still kids. Yeah. We're still a family. It's yeah. still really messy. But they were just made for ministry, and I'm just that. so thankful that they have been open to it and allow God to work in their hearts and use their gifts and yeah. their abilities. That's beautiful. I love yeah. that. I hope that encourages people listening to just give your kids an opportunity because they'll thrive in yeah. in whatever their gifting is within the yeah. church. And I, that's yeah. been true in our for our kids. They found their little niche. They served in 
kids ministry almost their whole life running sound and lights and right. media and yeah it's just part of it's just part of what they do and who they are and I hope that encourages families let your kids just just try it out and see right and, right yeah. and it's just so good for them to be part of something yeah bigger than themselves yeah. and thinking about something bigger than themselves yeah and I just know when my kids have to learn and teach the material themselves, they're actually learning a yeah. lot of it themselves. And to be able to teach it yeah. to somebody else is just Well, like so you said, awesome. when you started doing ministry, you were discipling yourself right. along with your girls. Right. And yeah, because yeah. we do. We have to learn right. alongside right. what we're teaching. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think Doug and I have just been so intentional over the years to really celebrate the victories in ministry. I mean, my kids have seen some really hard things, some really hard things, but they've also seen some amazing things and God show up in amazing ways. And, you know, we, we include them. We want them to be part of it. We want their buy-in. Some of my son, Chris, actually named Stonehill. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just been awesome how they have really taken ownership. Okay. And such a part how of their they, story. How did he come to you with that? Like, how did that, what did, <laughs> what did that look like? So so we went through the big process. Yeah. Rock Harbor staff is trying to think of names. Doug is thinking of names. Yeah. We're all just trying to think of names. And so we're throwing names out there and... Chris came up with Stone Hill, and we're like, oh, whatever. You know, I can yeah. remember Doug like, okay. Yeah. And, and then a couple of days later, Doug's like, hey, Stone Hill, how'd you come up with that? Yeah. And he's like, well, we're a city on a hill, and we're supposed oh to be the gosh. light. And and so still it was like, okay, it's all right. But honestly, like, church names are really yeah. hard, yeah. like really hard. And so we just kept thinking, and it just kind of kept coming back up, and Finally, we just landed on it, yeah. you know, and so it is really cool that that our Chris like came up with that. that. Yeah, yeah, that is so great, and yeah. that you allowed him the opportunity to have a voice in that too, as well. Yeah. Oh, so. we were asking everybody, yeah. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. That's yeah. so fun. So, well, we probably need to start sort of wrapping this up. So I have a couple more questions, but one of them, I, I can't let any guest go by without a, what I call a so close story. So we'll switch gears all the way to something lighthearted. Do you have a, a so close moment that you just like, everything's on track to being awesome. And then at the very last second, just so close. Oh my goodness, Julie, how do I pick which one? Right. This is my life. Like, I think I'm going so good. And then all of a sudden, whoa, it's like the rug is just ripped out from oh, under me. That's so funny. Do you have a standout that just. Well, the most recent one that was just really, oh my gosh. Yeah. My husband really has it all together up on stage. Well, everywhere. I mean, he's a pretty tough act to follow. Yeah. He's fantastic. So. I was supposed to do announcements oh, with okay. him. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. But I was also supposed to be in children's ministry and okay. help out at Which the VIP hard. team, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. we have two services. Yeah. So I did the first service, and then he gave me the little pep talk, like, okay, do this, this, this. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so then after the first service, I'm out at the tent meeting a new family and trying to get them plugged in. Yeah. And I'm mid-sentence, and I'm thinking, Oh, oh, no. <laughs> and so I'm like, I am so sorry. And I just oh, took no. off sprinting through the hallway. <laughs> Welcome, and see ya. And Doug's oh, already up on stage. So, oh, no. And so then like, what do you do? I don't even know what to do. So 
So I'm standing backstage holding a microphone thinking, well, I could just walk up there. <laughs> or I could just be like, peace out, Doug. You got this one. <laughs> yeah, you know, totally. obviously I didn't do well enough last time, so you got this one oh, on your own. Oh, my gosh. And so there was an opportunity for me to just walk up there. And I was talking about kids in ministry. Yeah. So it was like the perfect opportunity oh, for me to work. So walk up there. Funny. But it was it was Just funny. But so that close. is yeah. that is the way that my life is. Yeah. I've said I've said that. I feel like I have a so close life, which is maybe why I like to pull this out of my guests. So I yeah. feel like Well, you know. I do have five kids. I mean yeah. there there was the time I started to back out of the garage with the garage door down. Oh shoot. Oh, no. I mean I could go on, but yeah. yeah. That was the most did you recent kept, you one. Kept caught it I, before? I did. I did. Oh, Thank goodness. Amazing. That would have been really bad. Yeah. See, yeah. you're so close to sound like they might fall just shy of actually being a terrible disaster. You kind of skated oh, out of I've of had <laughs> I've had disasters. Um and so for anybody listening, advice on just you've talked about made for this quite a bit through this whole thing. Um what if somebody's listening and says, I don't know what I'm made for? What advice would you have for just kind of showing up to your life and living out God's purpose? Well, I feel like you're never going to find out your purpose if you just sit and wonder. Yeah. Like you have to open doors and you have to put yourself out there and you have to serve, I really feel like. Yeah. I think that's how God really speaks to you is just by Maybe it's pouring into relationships or serving at your local church or in a ministry or opportunity that really tugs at your heart. Yeah. Um, you really have to put yourself out there, and yeah. it's really scary sometimes. Maybe it's writing an adoption agency. I don't know what it. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but you have to do that. And I just really feel like being in tune with God, being in His Word, yeah. like really having an intentional prayer life. There are times that he calls us to fast, calls us to do different things, yeah. like yeah. things that are really hard and out of character maybe for yeah. us. Um, but I feel like we really have to lean into him. Yeah, and, and learn just, to hear those whispers and Yeah, and really prompting. listen to them. And then I also feel like accountability is so important. Mm. You know, having people that, that you have poured into and they've poured into you and that you can really trust because you do need those relationships. Yeah. And if you don't have those, you need to pursue those yeah. um, those people in your life. Um, and then they can help confirm the things that you may right. feel like you're right. supposed right. to do. And but I just think, like, if it sounds crazy, then do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> if it's way crazy, then God might shut the door or he just might open it wide open, yeah. you know, for yeah. you. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Well, and I just love, I think throughout church life you can feel like that unless it's painful you're not serving right like you have to throw yourself into something that you just feel like is such a stretch or else it's not a leap of faith or whatever and what I've found over the years is that God puts these desires in your heart from early on and and really when you find what you're made to do it actually it feels it feels like oh yeah this is what I'm made to do like when you finally stumble into it you're like oh yeah this is this has been in my heart since growing up like for you with kids Mm -hmm. you have had this heart for kids and teaching and then this Mm -hmm. now you have this beautiful adopted family and you're now working in kids ministry it's like I feel like God just and I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of ministry is seeing God do that in other people's lives yeah seeing them come to know him and then 
build a community of believers around them and then get plugged in and serving. Yeah. And uh, it's just, I, that's my favorite part is um, just seeing God grow in other people. Yeah. That's so great. That's so fun. Well, let's end with just some real light, easy, fun questions. Are you reading anything fun this summer? Do you have time to read in your life with five children and travel and all of that? Well, this year has been the year of leadership and church planting Uh, books. And now I'm full on into like everything children's ministry and orange curriculum. Um, But I actually am reading a really good book. It's called Sacred Privilege by Kay Warren, and it's for ministry wives and so I've really enjoyed that so far that's my fun summer read (laughs) and what's your favorite way to spend time with your big giant family yeah vacation (laughs) so we just got back yesterday I just feel like we have to leave the zip code for us to really be intentional and unplug and It has always has to do with water of oh, some sort. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the beach, water, something yeah. like that. Nature. So we took a Yellowstone oh, RV trip. Oh RV. my god, that was a really big stretch for me. <laughs> That's but amazing. My people loved it. I bet. I would do it all over again for them. Oh I'm not a gosh, camper. So you just rented an RV? Oh yeah. And just took off. Oh, That's yeah. amazing. Can Doug drive an RV? I feel like I would be so intimidated oh, by the gosh. wheel of an RV. Can Doug drive an RV? Yes. Oh, <laughs> He's my crazy. Gosh. I did not drive the RV. Yeah, not for one minute. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even sit in the driver's seat. I guess I shouldn't have like assumed, but I just know I would never yeah. in a oh, million no. years get behind the wheel of a 30 foot RV. No, <laughs> no. This would not neither. go well. We would not make it out of Boise. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a great experience. Oh, that's so yeah, so fun. my people loved it. So it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. What's something that you currently use that you couldn't live without? Oh, this is so shallow, but online shopping. Oh, I mean, yeah. what mom cannot survive without grocery shopping online yeah. and Amazon Prime? Yeah. <laughs> I okay. So my family's always been the Amazon Prime, and I never knew even how to access our account. You know, meanwhile Andrew can like order stuff off his phone. But I finally decided that I needed to be a part of this, and oh my goodness. It's Why bad. would I ever go out of my house? <laughs> I I, it's And Michael's like, oh, no. <laughs> I know. I don't I think know. he's real happy that I have access now. <laughs> think of all the gas money you're There saying, you go, right? right? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. for sure. Oh, that's so fun. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for taking your time and yeah. being on the show. And I just hope people are so encouraged. Just all of the different paths that your life has taken, but how God has just directed your so faithfully all throughout and just what has happened when you have chosen to say okay I'm going to go to Bible school yep I'm going to start in ministry with my husband and yes we're going to start a church and yes we'll adopt and then here you are and he's just allowed you to be a part of some really incredible things yeah I just feel so blessed it's been amazing so yeah Yeah, and I hope everyone listening is encouraged by that as well that me too show up to their life so thank you thank you Julie Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. Such a powerful example of a life of service and God's faithfulness all throughout. I will have all the links we talked about posted on the show notes and on my website for you to check out. And in case you missed last week's episode with Justin and Patrick from I'll Push You, I wanted to invite you once again to go see the one night only showing of their incredible film on November 2nd. It's coming right up. And it will seriously be an event you don't want to miss. Such a powerful story of hope. And don't we all need a healthy dose of hope in our world today? 
So grab a friend and come on out Thursday, November 2nd. You can head on over to their website at I'llPushYou.com for ticket information and to find a theater near you. So if you're in Boise, hope to see you there. And I want to say again, also, thank you to Audible for their offer for a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial for all of you listeners of the Made For This podcast. So be sure to head over to audibletrial.com slash madeforthis to get your free audiobook. Thanks, everyone, and thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Made For This podcast.